MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, September 18th, 2020. Today, a federal judge issued a temporary injunction blocking changes at the Postal Service, citing Trump and DeJoy conspired to attack the efficiency of the mail ahead of the election. Bill Barr suggests charging violent protesters with sedition and has called his line prosecutors preschoolers, suggesting he's mad about something they're doing, and I think I know what it is. The Department of Health and Human Services bypassed the CDC scientific review and posted misinformation on the CDC's website. Federal officials stockpiled munitions and sought to use a heat ray against peaceful protesters in D.C., a big ruling for voting rights in Pennsylvania, and superseding indictments in the Parnas and Fruman show. I'm your host, A.G. Hey, hey, everybody. Super big show today. We have an update on the Fantasy Indictment League. Uh, also, I'll be speaking with Amy McGrath's campaign manager about how easy it is to beat Mitch in Kentucky. And for the interview, I'm honored to welcome the executive director of No Dem Left Behind, Hassan Martini. Uh, and we're going to talk about how we can help get out the vote for Biden and Harris. And it's Friday, so we'll be hanging out with Amy Carrero for the Good News Block. Also, uh, being Friday means that we will be having our happy hour meet and greet today at 4 p.m. Pacific time for patrons. We'll open it up at 5 to the public. It'll be over at 5.30. We're still on Crowdcast, and I'll be mailing the link out to patrons today. So look for an email in your junk uh, if you don't see it. If you want to become a patron, not only do you get happy hour live stream access, you get these episodes ad-free, and you get access to the Mary Trump Book Club with myself and comedian Dana Goldberg. Not to mention the newsletter with all my personal research notes, access to all the bonus content, past and future. And by the way, we've had a lot of people sign up on the waiting list to get free memberships that have been donated by patrons. If you if you want to donate a, a, a one-year membership to somebody in need or to a veteran or frontline worker, healthcare worker, uh, first responder, it's 36 bucks for a year, and you can buy a year's worth of membership for one of those folks. We've had a lot of people sign up to be on the wait list, and we've that you've gotten, we've sent you welcome messages, and you you're not opening them. You just keep signing up, and we keep sending you welcome messages. It's happening quite a bit, so check your junk, check your junk, and check your spam, because you probably got a subscription, um, and we want you to have access to that. So. Check your email, and if you want to either donate a, a, a membership or sign up to have one donated to you, just head to dailybeanspod.com. It's right there on the front page. Anyway, we have a lot of news to get to, including a killer lead, so let's get the hot notes. Hot notes. OMG. All right, so today, I we just learned this. I just learned a federal judge, Stanley Bastion, chief judge in the Eastern District of Washington state, has granted a request from 14 states to temporarily block operational changes within the U.S. Postal Service that have been blamed for a slowdown in mail delivery. And the judge says the President Trump and Postmaster General Louis DeJoy are, quote, involved in a politically motivated attack on the efficiency of the Postal Service that could disrupt the 2020 election. Let me repeat that. A federal judge says that Trump and DeJoy are involved in a politically motivated attack on the efficiency of the Postal Service that could disrupt the 2020 election. This is in no shit territory, right? The sky is blue, water's wet, Pope shits in the woods, whatever. But now a federal judge is saying it. He also said, this judge said, that the harm to the public has already taken place by changes put in place under DeJoy. Quote, 
The states have demonstrated that the defendants are involved in a politically motivated attack on the efficiency of the Postal Service. They have also demonstrated that this attack on the Postal Service is likely to irreparably harm the state's ability to administer the 2020 general election. Holy shit. I don't know if that's bad or good. Because this Trump could use this, you know, and cite it and say, do you see uh, the states don't have the ability to administer the election? Uh, we have to cancel it. It's mine. Martial law. I'm in charge. Four more years for me or whatever the fuck he's going to do if he gets barred to write up an OLC memo saying that he can usurp power if the Postal Service isn't uh, able to do any of this. Uh, so I'm not really glad that the judge said that, but. This uh, this is what's happening in our 2020 universe. And Bill Barr is back in the news with his typical tyrannical fuckery and his weaponization of the Justice Department. Two stories on this asshole today. First, that he wants to charge protesters with sedition. So fuckface McTeargas told federal prosecutors in a call last week they should consider charging rioters and others who had committed violent crimes at protests in recent months with sedition, according to two people familiar with the call. The highly unusual suggestion to charge people with insurrection against lawful authority alarmed some folks on the call, which included U.S. attorneys around the country. Uh, And this is according to people who describe Mr. Barr's comments on the condition of anonymity for fear of retribution. So a bunch of fucking U.S. attorneys called up the Washington Post and New York Times both were like, hey, uh, Bill Barr wants to charge people with insurrection against lawful authority. Ooh, and if these are Border Patrol agents, that means they're under Department of Homeland Security, which means that's headed up by Chad Wolf and Ken Cuccinelli, who do not have the authority to send those fucking officers out to tear gas and disrupt and harm and maim peaceful protesters anyway because they aren't legally able to have the authority to do that because they were appointed improperly. They weren't even appointed, I should say. They were just shoved in there. The attorney general has also asked prosecutors in the Justice Department Civil Rights Division to explore whether they could bring criminal charges against Mayor Jenny Durkin of Seattle for allowing some residents to establish a police-free protest zone near the city's downtown for weeks this summer. This is according to two people briefed on those discussions. Uh, Late Wednesday, a department spokesman said that Mr. Barr did not direct the Civil Rights Division to explore this idea. Okay, we just made that shit up. The directives are keeping uh, in keeping with Barr's approach to prosecute crimes as aggressively as possible in cities where protests have given way to violence. But in suggesting possible prosecution of Ms. Durkin, a Democrat, Mr. Barr took aim at an elected official uh, whom President Trump has repeatedly attacked. Our second Bill Barr story comes from the form of an attack on line prosecutors, the ones that work for him. Well, the ones that haven't resigned in protest because he's a piece of shit. But let's listen to this clip. Name one successful organization or institution where the lowest level employees' decisions are deemed sacrosanct. They aren't. There aren't any. Letting the most junior members set the agenda might be a good philosophy for a Montessori preschool, but it is no way to run a federal agency. Just listen to his language. He sounds angry at his own line prosecutors calling them like your low level prosecutors made sure to dig that knife in there. Right. And I think I know why he's doing this. See, they're indicting people in the Southern District of New York and the Eastern District of Virginia. And, you know, they, they, and they're indicting people that Trump doesn't want indicted. I've, like, think about Hulk Bank, right? The Turkish bank that was skirting Iranian sanctions. They indicted them and, and uh, Barr didn't want that to happen. Trump didn't want that to happen. 
And today, Giuliani didn't want that to happen either. Today, one of Maduro's guys that Rudy Giuliani was trying to get off the hook was indicted. We know Trump tried to stop the indictment of Hawk Bank, like I said. And we know Kaludi Rudy met with Benchkowski, that asshole, an Alpha Bank lawyer who Trump put in charge of the criminal division at the Department of Justice, despite his massive conflict of interest, put him in charge. to, And, and Giuliani met with Benchkowski to try to stop Fertosh from being extradited for his crimes in Chicago. Not to mention anything about Fertosh feeding disinformation to Giuliani, Parnas, and Fruman through Durkacz, who just got some sanctions slapped on him from our own treasury. And Barr is mad he cannot control these low-level line prosecutors, these simple folk who shouldn't control these apparati. And I have a feeling that these preschooler low-level line prosecutors that Barr shit all over today in his comments could either be moving forward with indictments Trump doesn't like, like Rudy Giuliani, or they could be filing them under seal and waiting for Trump to leave office, or just waiting to bring charges at all on, on folks that they've been lining up charges against until after Trump can't pardon anybody anymore. Barr is mad at those that will not fall in line. Good. And in a related story... I'm gonna be indicted! No, wait, it's gonna be a... Indicted! Honey, dick. Indicted! Honey. I'm gonna be indicted! Hold it, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm gonna be indicted! That's right. We have to bring back the Fantasy Indictment League. We have superseding indictments on Parnas and Fruman for illegal funding activity through Fraud Guarantee. They actually named their business Fraud Guarantee. Rudy is tied to Fraud Guarantee. That's Kaludi Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, and he's tied to Durkacz, who just got sanctioned. Rudy is an inch from going down, and I think Barr knows it and is now shitting all over his line prosecutors for doing their job, saying shit like, who lets their lowest level employees make decisions? Because he wants everything to go through him. Well, who the fuck does that? Not rule of law countries. Countries that want to charge protesters with sedition. That's who does that. And countries in which federal officials stockpiled munitions and wanted to use a heat ray against the peaceful protesters in Lafayette Park back in June. That's right. We got confirmation today. In a story from the Washington Post, federal officials were stockpiling munitions and wanted to use like massive sound fucking weapons and a heat ray. A heat ray, by the way, makes your skin feel like it's on fire. So they were using and wanted to use more combat theater weaponry on American citizens peacefully protesting. Also today, we learned that a heavily criticized recommendation from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention last month about who should be tested for the coronavirus was not written by the CDC scientists and was posted to the agency's website despite their serious objections. This is according to several people familiar with the matter who aren't fucking idiots. This is also according to internal documents obtained by the New York Times, by the way. The guidance said it was not necessary to test people without symptoms of COVID-19, even if they had been exposed to the virus. Everyone was like, really? Would the CDC say that? Hey, CDC, blink twice if you're okay. We've been asking since March. CDC, are you okay? This came at a time when public health experts were pushing for more testing rather than less, and administration officials told The Times the document was a CDC product and had been revised with input from the agency's director, Dr. Robert Redfield, who just recently came out and said masks are better than vaccines, by the way. So this is getting very interesting. 
But officials told the New York Times this week that the health department did the writing itself and dropped it into the CDC's public website, flouting the agency's strict scientific review process. Because fuck them, right? Quote, that was a document that came from the top down, from the HHS and the task force, said a federal official with knowledge of the matter, referring to the White House task force on the coronavirus. Quote, that policy does not reflect what people at the CDC feel should be the policy. Now, we know recently Trump has hired and replaced doctors Burks and Fauci for, you know, saying stupid sciencey shit all the time with this guy, Scott atlas who's by the way not an epidemiologist not he's not an md he's a fucking radiologist and he wants herd immunity which trump accidentally called herd mentality the other day he doesn't even fucking know what he's talking about this is his doctor he's replacing scientific experts with and we know that the HHS comms director, former Kremlin agent Mike Caputo, went off the deep end posting a video about the long shadows in his hotel room in D.C. scaring him. Oh, it's like some weird Christmas carol where the ghost of indictments past comes and haunts you. Well, here's Caputo. And we saw, you know, we told you about that Facebook video and then we told you he quit a day before mainstream media picked it up. And, and so now you've got just all this weird shit going on. He was the comms director at HHS. What do you want to bet the beans that he had something to do with overriding the scientists at the CDC to put that HHS shit on their website as directed by Trump and the task force? It's all about to come out with these whistleblower reports. And it's like I said, these assholes are so evil, they will rat each other out. This is the mob with more rats. They will rat each other out and it will be the end of... Like the end of the departed. No one no one gets out alive. And finally, got some good news before we go into this final block here. Breaking big news from Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruling on voting. First of all, ballots postmarked by Election Day must count as long as they're received within three days afterwards. I think I wish it was whenever they're fucking received, especially with DeJoy at the helm. And especially since we know now DeJoy and Trump were purposefully, but we knew that already, but they're purposefully interfering with the mail. Uh, drop boxes are legal in Pennsylvania. Poll watchers must be from county, from the county they're watching the poll in. So you can't have Trump send some Chad Wolf picked up fucking Eric Prince bullshit a-hole guy in fatigues with a AK-47 standing there at a poll station saying, I work for the Border Patrol. No, you don't. Go home. And you have to be from the county in Pennsylvania to do this. No ability to cure. And ballots without the inner envelope don't count. So make sure if you're in Pennsylvania and you're sending your mail-in ballot, you have that inner envelope or it won't count. Well, with that great voting news, we have some more. I'll be talking uh, more about that and what's going on in Kentucky. Voting access in Kentucky is incredible right now. Amy McGrath has a chance. And I'm going to be talking with her campaign manager, Dan Cannon, right after this break. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Daily Beans. Today's episode is brought to you by Caliper CBD. Life is extra stressful these days, and we need to practice self-care. But self-care shouldn't be stressful also. That sort of defeats the purpose. But the great thing about CBD is it helps you feel better without having to make drastic changes to your routine. So I love it. It's easy, easy to employ. And if you haven't tried CBD, I recommend it. It helps me feel less anxious and more calm. I've slept easier. Um, it's even helped me feel less sore after workouts. But my favorite thing about Caliper CBD is that it's they've introduced a better way to consume it. It's an easy-to-use powder. And unlike CBD oils, 
Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless and mixes easily in food or drink, and it has precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, so you'll never question how much you're taking. I like to put some in my morning coffee or a post-workout shake. Uh, it's clinically proven also that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper CBD powder compared to tinctures. That is crazy. That is such a huge difference. And that gives you all the benefits of CBD in just 15 minutes. That's about twice as fast as CBD oil. And Caliper is completely THC-free, so you'll get all the benefits of CBD without any intoxicating or mind-altering effects. Caliper is made with all natural, non-GMO ingredients. No fillers, no added chemicals, and no artificial flavors. So take care of yourself, but make it easy to do so with Caliper CBD. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget promo code DAILYBEANS for 20% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time to Flip It Blue. I'm blue. And it is an absolute honor today joining us uh, to speak with us about what's going on in Kentucky's Senate race is Amy McGrath's campaign manager, Dan Cannonan. Dan, welcome to The Daily Beans. I appreciate you speaking with us today. It is great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I, I really wanted to talk to you about some of the really exciting things that's going that you know that are going on with voting in Kentucky and i i wanted you to maybe go over a little bit about what you and i had spoken earlier about offline about the ease with which kentuckians can vote in this election yeah i'm really happy to and it it is really and truly exciting uh what's happening in terms of the ability and the expansion of opportunities for people to vote in the commonwealth um you know normally people in kentucky and this has been true of other states like Indiana, you know, and, and throughout the Midwest have had really restrictive voting options. Um, it, it was really historically just a 12 hour election, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., really tough for commuters you know, to vote. No early voting uh, option in person, you know, no vote by mail option except for um, uh, extraordinary circumstances. Um, and less than one percent of the electorate would take advantage of that in prior elections. But this year, um, in one of the great um, validations for the, the idea that every election matters, Andy Bashir, the newly elected since 2019 Democratic governor of Kentucky, was able to strike a deal with the Republican Secretary of State uh, to create new voting rules for this election because of the pandemic. And those rules are fabulous. They are, they are democratic. They provide opportunities. Um, and they create an entirely different landscape of voting options in Kentucky than have ever existed before. Um, uh, case in point, now any Kentucky resident eligible to vote uh, can cast a ballot by mail. That's simply not an option that existed before uh, this fall. They tried, tried it for the first time in the primary. It went well. There was no, um, no big concern about it. There were some more restrictions in the primary about how to do it. Uh, it's much easier now. All you have to do is check a box that says you have a concern for yourself or your, for your family around the coronavirus, and you are eligible to vote by mail, which really means anyone can do it. Um, that's huge. Um, secondly, for the first time ever, there'll be in-person early voting uh, from October 13th all the way up until Election Day, no, November 3rd. Um, and that in-person early voting means um, there'll be hours every Saturday during that period, at least four hours uh, in every county uh, on Saturdays. Every county will have to have a super center 
That means you can vote there no matter where you live in the county. So it's super simple to understand where to go vote. Um, and that early voting period uh, means another opportunity, you know, after vote by mail requests, you know, are no longer allowed. You can then jump into the early voting pipeline and vote that way. And then if you still haven't cast a ballot, either by mail or in person, obviously you can vote on election day. And even that is a bit easier because those super centers will still exist on election day. So no matter where you are in the county, you can vote at that super center. That's convenient and easier. And secondly, even voter ID laws are relaxed. If you have not been able to update your ID or get a new ID because of the COVID um, uh, challenges that exist, you can waive uh, the, the requirement uh, to, to have an ID to vote on election day. So whether it's by mail, early voting, election day, incredibly more open um, and more democratic than any previous election. And that is already turning up. Um, we see this in the data every day that we look at the Secretary of State's office that gives us the reports of how many folks have voted, where they're from, et cetera. Um, people are really taking advantage of it, and it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I it's it really is. And, you know, I, I can't thank Kentuckians enough for for Bashir. I mean, it's it's just such a truly incredible difference between giving people access to vote and trying to suppress it. And it's just so easy to vote in Kentucky in this election. And now I want to talk a little bit more specifically about Amy McGrath. Um, she's running against Mitch McConnell to unseat him. And this is one of the most flippable seats, um, Senate seats in the country. Can you uh, tell us, and and Mitch is not well liked, so can you tell us, um, because this isn't (laughs) just about ditching Mitch, uh, you know, getting rid of Moscow Mitch, which we definitely want to do because he he has said he will block everything under the sun. Um, And he has been doing that since he's been there. Uh, He's got like 400 bills sitting on his desk while we're all sitting here trying to make our mortgage payments and rent payments. But this isn't just about getting rid of him. Amy has so much to offer. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about how the campaign is going. Yeah, thank you. And and you're right. I mean, the the stakes are are really high here. and, And we often say to our team, our staff, our supporters, you know, folks that we're talking to on the trail, you know, obviously there, there are very important elections happening, including one very important national election happening. But I really believe fundamentally for, for our democracy, for the ability to move us forward, to respond to this crisis, uh, to re- restore fairness in our economy, to protect healthcare, uh, for all these tremendously important things and values that we have, the single most destructive force in Washington has been Mitch McConnell for 36 years. 36 years, he has obstructed, he has built a system that really has empowered and and enriched himself um, and used the seat, his Senate seat in Kentucky, as a platform um, to create wealth and power for himself and his cronies, uh, as opposed to a seat that is used to represent the interests uh, and the needs of the people of Kentucky. Kentucky fell further and further behind under his leadership, and America has as well, quite frankly. Um, and, And as you say, he's an obstructionist. Uh, he, he has built and designed the swamp uh, for his own purposes, um, you know, and, and all of that is laid bare, I think, by this coronavirus response. Obviously, we all saw the Woodward comments, you know, and, and, the, and the tape with, with the president. Um, but Mitch McConnell, you know, is, is a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Uh, he, he is the highest security clearance in Washington. He was also getting briefed in January and February by the national security apparatus on the coronavirus. And he came out and said, there's nothing to worry about in late February. And then in March, and April, and May, he said, there's no need to take this threat urgently and take action. And then even fast forward all the way into August, he recessed and adjourned the Senate for 25 days 
heading into the school year where now schools are opening up and then closing immediately because they don't have any plan to handle this. They don't have a federal response. They don't have national testing and tracing. We don't have aid to local governments. We're, we're, we're stalling the unemployment checks. We are not bailing out and helping restaurant workers and small businesses. We're doing none of that. What he did instead is drive through a proposal to create unlimited corporate liability protection for corporations in this moment. That was his priority in this incredible pandemic. So that 36-year record has been the same Mitch. It's been the same record of, of, of dysfunction and enriching himself at the expense of working people in Kentucky and elsewhere. And that has just really been starkly clear in this response. Uh, and so Amy, by contrast, this is an incredible candidate. She is a mother of three. She has served her country 20 years um, in the Marine as a fighter pilot. And for those that don't know her story, she got into into service and then ultimately into politics because at 12 years old, she wanted to fly jets. That's what she wanted to do. And she was smart as hell. She was tough. She was good at math. You know, she wanted to do this. And she wrote to her member of Congress and to her senator, who, by the way, was Mitch McConnell when she was 12 years old, and asked why it was that women can't fly jets in the military. And Mitch never wrote her back, never wrote her back. And so she never forgot that. She got into service. She worked hard to get the law changed. The law did change. And then she had to work hard to get into, into, the, into the academy to get, to get placed in this incredibly high-profile and honored position of being in the cockpit. And then flew those jets and landed them aircraft carriers and, and served her country for 20 years, instructing pilots, doing all of this. Um, and, and comes out of that with this deep sense, obviously, of patriotism, of service, of hard work, of, of being just um, completely dedicated to a task until it is done. And, and again, to go back to McConnell on this pandemic, there is no plan. There has been no national response. There's been no urgency to act. But you cannot help as both a mother and as a Marine understand the value of a plan and then taking action. And that's who she is. Um, she's not a partisan. She's not an ideologue. She is a public servant. And that's something we deeply, deeply need in Washington. And what's why I'm honored to work for her, frankly. Um, so we're we're taking it to him every day. She's flying around Kentucky. We have a plane for the campaign, which she will fly herself in oh. events, and she'll land at these little county airports all across the state and have have in person, socially distanced outside, you know, little gatherings at airports, and then a fly out to the next place. And it's that kind of energy and enthusiasm that I think is going to give her an edge against other candidates who have run in Kentucky. And we know that it can happen because Andy Bashir is, as we said, just won in 2019. Um, against an unpopular governor, Matt Bevin. Matt Bevin was at 34% approval rating in October of 2019. That's where Mitch McConnell is, 34%. So it's a red state. It's, it's a tough state. But because McConnell is so deeply unpopular and because his priorities and his failures are just laid bare right now, it gives us a chance to make that argument to Kentuckians. Uh, and we think that we can do it, especially with these great new voting laws. And if, if I could, Allison, one last piece sure. on this. Two weeks into the voting, um, we're seeing so far three to one Democratic ballots being requested compared to Republican ballots being requested. More than half of the ballots are coming from Louisville and Lexington, which are the two most blue counties or cities, and, and the counties are Fayette and Jefferson, the two most blue areas of the state. More than half the ballots come from there, even though that's only about 25 percent of the electorate. That tells me that this electorate is on fire, it's engaged, it's demanding change, um, and it's a good sign 
you know, that, uh, that folks that want to turn the page in Washington are, are using these opportunities to cast their ballot and be part of this election. And if that trend continues, then we absolutely have a chance to topple um, the most destructive force, I think, in the history of our politics in this country and Mitch McConnell. I, I agree. It, it, and that's such encouraging news. Three to one Democrats requesting ballots. Uh, it is a winnable seat and we just have to we just have to go after it. And, and it's so incredible that Bashir has made it so easy to do that with all of lifting all of these restrictions on on voting. And I, you know, I have to say that, you know, with the recent Woodward comments uh, from Trump disparaging veterans, and I know, you know, Mitch McConnell hasn't come out and, and said anything to, to, you know, push back on that. Uh, nope. They, they are the kinds of uh, quote unquote, they're, they're transactional leaders. They cannot grasp the concept of servant leadership, of doing something and giving of yourself and expecting nothing in return, but just the gift of being able to serve others. And that's what I see in Amy. And I think that's what I see in all veterans uh, who has served and, and she has it in spades. And it's just so important for everybody to get on the ground and do what they can and contribute and vote and vote early and vote once. <laughs> and, uh, and, but one time, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, you always would say, "Vote early, vote often." No, <laughs> one time, and um, and just get, get, you know, just get out there and do it. It's totally, it's so doable. It's more than doable, and and the that you know that feeling that it's just I I I love it, and I'm so excited for Kentuckians to get to the polls. And uh, can you tell uh, our listeners where they can contribute to Amy, volunteer to help? Uh, in Amy's campaign and, and just to do whatever they can do to get this right. Cause this is one of, if not one of the most important election in the country. Yeah. So a, a few links I'll give you right now. So one is if you're in Kentucky and you are interested in, in casting a ballot, getting, getting your absentee ballot, um, which is an important thing to do because we, we want folks, frankly, even if you're, you know, you know, you're going to vote and you're thinking I'll vote on election day. Do it early. Get 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 it done now. Take care of it because it helps our campaign. It's it's sort of like um you know in the airplane where uh, when when there's turbulence and you want to secure your own mask and then assist others. If you vote early, you can secure your own mask, your votes in, and then go become a volunteer, uh, which is really helpful to our campaign both from a capacity standpoint and in every other way. So if you're interested in doing that, um, the the website you want to go to is the state's website. It's govoteky.com. Again, that's GoVoteKY.com. Uh, um, you can give us a follow on Twitter um, if you'd like to, and that's a great way to keep in, in touch with the campaign. Uh, and Amy's official uh, campaign handle is, is um, at Amy McGrath KY, and that's on Twitter. Um, uh, there's another Amy McGrath without the KY who has been followed by lots of folks. Uh, she seems very nice, but that's not our Amy McGrath, so make sure you have the KY there. Um, and then, you know, you can also go online, obviously, and contribute, you know, uh, to her to her campaign um, uh, at her website, which is amyregath.com. And um, we'd love we'd love to get, obviously, the, the donations that we need to keep this campaign rolling. I'll just say that, you know, Amy's done really, really well. We had a record in August um, of raising money, the highest total she's had, almost nine million dollars, um, and has been the highest raising candidate in the Senate this cycle because folks just do not like Mitch McConnell. Um, but here's the thing, uh, we need those resources because he's also raising tens of millions of dollars and he has a, a, a PAC, an IE out there 
supporting him. It's got 12 million bucks in the bank. Um, so we, we absolutely still need everything we can get to go toe to toe because they are creating incredible untruths uh, uh, about Amy every single day. I'll give you one example, which will make your blood boil, I'm sure. Um, but they ran ads all week last week leading up to September 11th, uh, arguing that Amy McGrath didn't understand the sanctity of that day uh, because she had made a comment about how she felt after the 2016 election using an analogy. And so they were attacking her on her patriotism around September 11th. On September 11th, Amy McGrath was in the cockpit of an F-18 on a strip in Miramar, awaiting the potential order to go shoot down one of those planes if she had to. Nobody understands the gravity that day more than she does. And, and to attack her for that in, in that way with, with an unbelievable ad blitz um, just tells you what they will do to protect and keep this seat and, and say anything to keep power. So um, the resource to fight back and tell the actual truth uh, in the face of those lies is critical to winning this race. It's going to be tough, but we really think we can do it. Especially coming from a senator who continually blocks bills that that help veterans uh, and active duty service members. That's unconscionable. Uh, But, you know, on brand Mitch. So (laughs) every day we're surprised and yet unsurprised. Uh, Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Everybody get out, help Amy where you can follow her on Twitter right now. Amy McGrath KY. Don't forget the KY at the end there. And I, you know, please send her our like collective enthusiasm. We're really, really going to do everything we can to get her elected and send her to the Senate to represent us. Thank you. Allison, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. I'm your grass campaign manager, Dan Cannonen. I appreciate your time today. Great to be here. All right, everybody. We'll be right back with the executive director of No Dem Left Behind, Hassan Martini. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. It's AG. This Helping of Daily Beans is brought to you by Thrive Market. If you're like me and you're always juggling work, home, and fitness, and eating healthy, I recommend becoming a Thrive Market member. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market, and it's on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable and good for the planet. Thrive Market delivers organic and sustainable groceries to my door, and it's made working from home and my daily life so much easier because you can find everything you need. Organic and essential groceries, uh, cleaning supplies, beauty supplies, uh, non-toxic home supplies, plus ethical meat, sustainable foods, clean wines, and more. So shopping with Thrive Market is healthy without the hassle. You can shop up to 70-plus different diets like keto, paleo, gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, fair trade, certified, BPA-free, and more. You skip the store, skip the lines, um, skip the dangers of COVID. I've ordered wine, uh, food, bath and body products, and pet supplies. Uh, And I just tried their Thrive Market Organic Vanilla Mint Lip Balm. It is my new favorite thing because it's starting to get dry now with the cold. And Thrive Market is good for you and the planet because orders of $49 or more are shipped for free. And all orders are delivered with carbon-neutral shipping from their zero-waste warehouses. Enjoy guaranteed savings and member-only prices. Thrive Market members save an average of $32 on every order. So when you join, you give back also because they have Thrive Gives. That's their one-for-one membership matching program. Every paid membership sponsors a free membership for a low-income family. And Thrive Market has exclusive offers for our listeners. Join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $24 in value. So go to thrivemarket.com slash dailybeans. Join today and you'll get a free gift of your choosing up to $24 in value. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dailybeans to start your risk-free membership and get that free gift today. Thrivemarket.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Joining me today for the interview is the executive director of No Dem Left Behind. Please welcome Hassan Martini to the show. Hassan, thanks for joining me. Hey, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk to you and your viewers, uh, excuse me, listeners 
about the coalition and what we're doing in rural America as Democrats. I'm I'm so excited about this because there are so many things that are impacting rural Americans right now, like Internet access, the, the USPS. I mean, there's just so much, um, especially surrounding voting. And I, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this. So tell us about uh, No Dem Left Behind. Yeah, absolutely. So No Dem Left Behind, we're a coalition of Democrats that are running for the United States Congress in deep red and mostly rural districts. We have right now 11 candidates that we're supporting um, all across the country, with our largest delegation being in Florida, where we have three candidates, um, Alan Ellison, Dr. Cindy Bonnier, and Adam Christensen. Awesome. Yeah, we've been actually doing um, our Flip It Blue segment, which we're going to continue to do up to the election. And we've we've been able to speak to a lot of, of Dems trying to unseat Republican incumbents in really red rural areas because of the, the just... There's so many specific things impacting these districts, and I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, um, I mean, some of the, some of the you know overlapping Venn diagram things with the environment and and the mail and you know things going on with farming, particularly yeah. in these districts and and climate action. Yeah, absolutely. So look, it all starts with a conversation. We as Democrats are never going to be able to go in into rural America and win some of these seats unless we actually go out and campaign and listen to the people, address their concerns, and put forward candidates that they can identify with, that they can relate to, um, and candidates that care about the same things that they care about and the same things that um, that are impacting a lot of uh, good portions of this country that we don't really hear about on the news. Broadband access is, is a big one. Right now, all across the country, people are forced to uh, you know, have their kids uh, virtual learning. How can you do that if you don't have internet? Um, and that's something that that's a problem that's affecting a lot of people in this country that we just don't realize. Um, another thing is infrastructure. Infra- lo- there's lots of parts of this country that's really crumbling because the infrastructure has not been invested in, in literally decades. Well, how can we fix these things if we don't invest in ourselves, in our country. Um, So these are some of the things that our candidates are passionate about. And, you know, what they're out there and they're speaking and they're yelling at the top of their lungs that these are the things that they want to go to Washington to fix. Um, And these are issues that really relate to the folks of, you know, in rural America. You know, I'll give you an example. Somebody could be the most diehard Trump supporter. And we, ha- we encounter this all the time. They love Trump. That's fine, whatever. But let me ask you a question. Do you think that Amazon and Apple should be paying their taxes, should be paying taxes? And there's just a pause, a long pause. And it's, the answer is yes, of course. Well, they're not right now. And the reason why they're not is because the Republican-controlled Senate um, and the White House are doing everything they can to protect these people from paying their fair share of taxes in this quota, you know, in this absurd thing called trickle down economics that's clearly not helping us. Um, So once we're able to break through and really start having a conversation neighbor to neighbor, uh, we're seeing things, you know, we're seeing things resonate. And look, the numbers are there to justify this. Uh, Not too long ago, there was a primary in West Virginia where the Democrats and our candidate, Natalie Klein, Uh, The Democrats were able to pick up, uh, had 51,000 and some change uh, Democrats voted for Natalie. 
the Republicans had a little over 53,000 in that district. Well, that's in bright red rural West Virginia. And that's the type of work that we're doing here with candidates like Natalie Klein that are out there. And, and because they can resonate, because they can relate to their communities, uh, we're really seeing an impact. And the numbers are there to justify it. Mm. Yeah. And talking about relating to, to the specific communities in these rural, more rural, more red districts, the Democratic Party is a very wide tent. And yeah. we have we have more moderate Democrats and, and we have really progressive Democrats. And I was wondering, uh, tell me about some of the conversations you have within the Democratic Party or on social media to discuss why um, some of the platforms of the candidates that you're supporting in rural red America don't seem as progressive as some of the candidates that the Democratic Party may support in, say, Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, so it's really interesting that you bring that up. And what we're seeing is, okay, so I feel like, and I hope I don't get into trouble for saying this, so I feel like as a party, um, we're so afraid of saying things like, well, Medicare for all or access to healthcare, but our candidates, many of them are running on that platform. And when we ask our, and when we ask the communities, the people that we're talking to Republican or Democrat, one question, do you think it's fair that your doctor also, excuse me, your boss also gets to dictate who your doctor is? Does that make any sense to anybody? And again, a long pause for causing people to just scratch their head like, that actually doesn't make any sense. Why does my boss get to control who my doctor is? Um, so we, what the Republicans do very, very well is they demonize us. And they're able to do so with like, you know, uh, socialism. And that's all they got to say. And then for some reason, we're afraid. Like, oh, no. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, social policies and socialism policies in this country, like, for example, the military, the police, the fire department. And so on. They are very good at that. And, yeah. and and tell us a little bit about something you're setting up for for more for the future. Um, uh, talk about this pack that you were telling me about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're what we found when we're working with a lot of the candidates um, in rural America, there's two things that they need. Uh, one is money, and everyone's going to always tell us money. Fine, you know, it is. Everybody's going to say that from the Biden campaign on down, but. What they also need is resources. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to find campaign staffers and things like that to go out into parts of rural America to really help these candidates get get on their feet. Uh, so what we've decided to do is uh, myself and um, our national spokesperson Richard Ojeda is launch a pack, the No Dumb Left Behind pack, where the goal is this: we want to be able to train young people, young staffers, in terms of how to effectively run and operate a campaign in rural America so that when we start seeing the candidates that we want to get behind, the community leaders, the veterans, the, the, high, the high school coaches and the teachers uh, that we want to support, what we could do is we already have a well-equipped staffer that we could send to them so that they could really guide them on their journey to running for public office. Um, and we feel like that's something that really uh, we need to address. And if we're able to do a central location, we're training these folks and we're able to get everybody excited about going out there. Uh, we could do a lot of damage. That's I think that that's a really incredible and worthwhile 
effort. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on and speaking with us today. We've had one of your candidates on our show on our Flip It Blue segment, Mia Mason, a wonderful candidate. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing. I, I would like to talk offline a little bit later about some of the other candidates that maybe we can get on this platform to discuss what they're doing, the specific needs of their districts and how, you know, how we can help. And speaking of how we can help, how can folks find you and help what you're doing? Uh, yeah, no dem left behind.com. You'll be able to, you know, uh, learn a little bit about the candidates and what and the work that they're doing. Um, and obviously on Twitter and DLB 2020, look us up on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, the website is a great resource because you get to see the candidates, you get to see the, you know, how many we're supporting what the issues that they're running on and how you could get involved. Awesome. I really appreciate you coming on today. Everybody, uh, Executive Director of No Dem Left Behind, Hassan Martini, thanks for speaking with me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll be right back with the good news from Amy Carrero. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And we all know our health is the most valuable thing we have, especially nowadays. We're all focusing on our well-being. But I still like to avoid going to doctor's offices right now. And thankfully, there's a practical and affordable way to take control of your health and get personalized care from the comfort of your own home. It's called SteadyMD. SteadyMD is your personal doctor, and they, they're online. You start by taking a quick quiz and get matched with a licensed primary care physician who understands your lifestyle and your health needs. Next, you have a one-hour appointment, like intake, with your doctor to start a real relationship. And after that, your doctor is available to you anytime by text, phone, or video chat. Unlike other services, this isn't a random doctor on call. Each steady MD doctor has a limited number of patients on their panel, so they have time to listen and give the personal attention you deserve. I took the quiz, and I like that they matched me according to my individual health and lifestyle to a doctor. SteadyMD can help you get and stay healthy, manage chronic conditions and concerns, reduce stress, which is huge right now, lose weight, sleep better, feel better, boost your immunity, much, much more, anything that you need from a primary care provider, while still in the serenity of your home. So you can do it in your jammies if you want, and you can skip the germs of the doctor's office. Prescriptions are sent directly to your home or local pharmacy, and you get unlimited access to your doctor for only $99 per month. No additional visit fees, no additional co-pays. SteadyMD will even help you understand and get the most out of your health insurance, but insurance isn't required. SteadyMD is now accepting members of all ages in all 50 states. So go to SteadyMD.com slash Daily Beans to take the free quiz and see which doctor is a perfect fit for you. SteadyMD.com slash Daily Beans. There's no risk and no long-term commitment to get started. That's Steady, S-T-E-A-D-Y, M-D.com slash Daily Beans. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. And it's Friday. That means Amy's here. Everybody, welcome Amy Carrero. How's it going? I gave myself some applause. Uh, It's going good. Good. I'm in day 5,000 of my Canadian quarantine, uh, but feeling pretty normal. Not too normal, but also not too off the rocker yet. Mm, Well, you know, day 5 million can be pretty hard. (laughs) It can be pretty tough. But the good news is I am totally prepared to go to Mars if the duty calls. <laughs> the duty. I get it because of the potatoes with Matt Damon. I see what you did there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm so happy to be reading good news this week. I know. And we get the Friday. We get to wrap up the whole week with this amazing good news that our listeners have sent in. And if, if anyone has any good news stories, whether they're personal good news stories or political good news stories you want to share that we didn't go over in the, in the regular headlines, just go to... 
dailybeanspod.com and click contact and you can submit your good news stories. You can also submit quarantine confessions for this block and you can also submit corrections for this block. We're bringing back the corrections um, since we, you know, since Mueller, she wrote, was shuttered and, you know, we want to put them in this segment too. So you can send everything and anything or just, you know, send us a note and say hi or F you or I love you or whatever you want. It's all there. That's how you do it. <laughs> just don't send nude pics. Please. Unless they're, unless they're hot. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Don't send them. We have very sensitive eyes. We used to say that too. Like, hey, you know what? Uh, only hot people should be allowed to make out in public. Uh, but that. <laughs> and and also, don't use tongue. Like, I I know this is a non sequitur, but every time I watch TV or a movie and the actors use tongue, there's just something like not right about it. Like, use tongue when it's just you know when you're behind closed doors. But if you're gonna make out in public, there's just something about having to witness tongue exchange that is just not pleasant. You know, it's not hot. Mm. Yeah, but that's just me. Yeah, especially if they're not wearing masks. You know, I'm kidding. It's it's this was all a before times <laughs> discussion, but. We <laughs> but speaking of making out, yeah, we got a follow up. <gasps> oh, okay. I I thought you were gonna try to make out with me, Amy. See. Oh yeah. Well, sh- listen. I mean, if you were in front of me, I, who knows what might happen? Who knows? I haven't. I haven't seen another person well that's not true i'm quarantining with my husband (laughs) another person other than my husband in a long time well we do you're right though we do have a follow-up this is our first good news story it's from anonymous and pronouns for anonymous are she and her and anonymous says hello again lovely beans queens it's the anonymous she her who got the rapid covid test just so she could hopefully make out with her friend AG and Amy asked for specifics, so I wanted to write back. So I'm so <laughs> we're so naughty. We're like the naughty, like gossipy ants. The naughty leguminati. Give us more. Tell us. Yeah, lay it on us. <laughs> yes. Uh, quote here: Our original plan of getting takeout drinks and dinner and eating in the park was thwarted by the smoke and ash. So we ate in his truck. We're both in our late 30s, but I definitely had flashbacks of being in high school uh, once we were done with dinner. Thank goodness for the tinted windows. (laughs) Since it was a holiday weekend, we spent three days at his place making out a ton, having a lot of sex, eating great food, drinking copious amounts, and generally just enjoying being in such close proximity with another person. I am not a particularly physical person, and I'm pretty introverted, but six months of almost zero physical contact and incredibly limited social contact has been really hard for me and my mental health. It was great to just be near someone else and not worry about masks or distancing or constantly sanitizing. It's rumored that the local clinic will start offering rapid testing next month, so I look forward to making this a more regular thing. Oh, bam, Mm-mm. Thank you, lovely ladies, <laughs> for all you do. I think the last six months would have been much harder without the podcast. Oh, congratulations on your Aww. sweet, sweet makeout sessions, Anonymous. I mean, this brings a smile to my face. I'm so, so thrilled that she got this time. And I'm I'm really hoping that this rapid test uh, testing clinic opens up ASAP because more people need to know, make out. I'm glad someone's out. Yeah, more people need to make out and, and, you know, eat good food and have lots of sex. I think that that is the antidote for 2020, if you are negative for COVID. And voting, yeah. So making out. And voting. Eating great food, having a lot of sex, and voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad we, we got the follow-up to that. Okay, the next one is from Anonymous, pronouns she, her. After much struggle and help from family and friends, I'm completing my bachelor's degree this semester. Oh, yes. I just barely remembered... I mean, how cool is that? I just barely remember to file for graduation before the deadline. Oops. All the comments from listeners who have ADHD and the trauma of the young girl put in juvie this summer reminded me that as women or gender nonconforming, as minorities, as people with invisible disabilities, our challenges can seem exponential. Wow, Amy, learn to read. Uh, we have to celebrate our progress, celebrate those who take the journey with us. We are exceptional and I am always ready to celebrate with someone who needs an extra voice on their side next step is getting a big girl professional job wish me luck got it wow that's so cool you got this and you're so right i love that i have adhd Mm -hmm. and i have the invisible disability and it is exponential it's hard Mm -hmm. yeah (sighs) yes because because you almost i don't know if this happens to you ag but Sometimes because, you know, ADHD is not something that I, I, I just live with it, right? So, like, I forget that people don't have the same brain I have. And so I judge my pr- productivity levels and just my ability to do things that for some people seem really easy that are very difficult for me. And then I get I feel guilty about not being able to do them with such ease. And, and it's in part because it is on the inside, right? It's not something that I see every day um and that's really really difficult so good on you yeah and i used to get mad at myself like stupid broken brain making my shit harder but then you know i started to realize hey this is my brain trying to take care of me in a world that it knows is fucked up so i shouldn't be mad at my brain and i shouldn't be mad at any part of myself for some fucked up shit other people did but that took about 20 years to figure out so absolutely (laughs) but (laughs) well worth it all right we're doing great but you know but this helps like it's, it helps to talk about it like you know so openly because then maybe younger people who are dealing with invisible disabilities or you know just just any anything that is uh challenging um in a world that is not made for that specific challenge it, it's good it's good for t- for them to hear other people's um experiences because it might make their journey a little bit easier yeah a little less lonelier So thank you so much for writing that in. Exactly. Uh, Next up, good news from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. My mother is 70 and she's in pretty poor health. She should have died in 1980 due to an AVM, that's an arteriovenous malformation, in the uh, occipital region of her brain. This was before the use of computer scanning, contrast dye, and laser removal of the AVM they use today. She had seven of the top neurologists in the world perform 20, a 20-hour surgery with bone saws, scalpels, Whoa. and the naked eyes of those seven neurologists assembled in, assembled in Boston. She was either supposed to die or be in permanent vegetative state. And with three little ones, I was three at the time at home, she said, fuck it, I'll die if I don't do it. And she survived and had said, I'm so glad I'm still here to see my kids grow up. But she became epileptic and then legally oh. blind. Forty years later... She now also has emphysema, osteoporosis, and gets around a lot slower and can't stand up for very long. She lives with my sister, autoimmune disease, and husband, retired E7, U.S. Army, in Oklahoma. 
those three bastards didn't vote in 2016 because they thought it didn't matter. <laughs> my East. No. Here they are like my very, very sick mom and then this and the brother. These fucking bastards didn't vote. Yeah, yeah. Those bastards. Uh, my East Seven brother-in-law has never voted in his adult life. You believe that shit? <laughs> so I turned them on to votesaveamerica.com. And now my sister and husband have already had their ballots delivered and mailed off. So I called my mom today and asked her if she got her ballot and who was on it, yada, yada. She says, no, I don't want an absentee ballot. I'm voting in person. I said, what, mom? You can't go in person. You'll catch COVID and die. Her reply, dying would be a small (laughs) price to pay to get that piece of fuck out of office and in jail. It's worth it. I don't care how long it takes. I'm voting for Biden. I don't know what's more American than that. So fucking proud of you, Mom. Snowflakes, my ass. Awesome. Thank you, Anonymous. baby. Mm -mm. What a badass. Fuck yeah. That is a badass. Wow, I love that. Go, Mom. What a very, very cool mom. Yeah. Go, Mom. Fuck yeah. Voting again to save the motherfucking day. Hell yeah. There's a voting... Uh, location really close to my house so I'm voting by mail but I was thinking of maybe just like getting some bottled waters and just like you know delivering it or like giving it to people if there's a long line or maybe you know having some like closed food items like chips and snacks um you know it could go a long way and you never know I mean it might help somebody stay in line so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. something to think about nice that's very awesome okay the next one is from Kat she her she says my parents are both in their mid-70s and have never voted (laughs) (laughs) they are fairly well informed but have to say did not feel they had enough information to cast ballots we discuss politics frequently and they both have more than enough information to make informed decisions trust me i have begged them to register and vote for years but they have never made much that but i've never made much headway with them we are in michigan (gasps) gasp oh we need you we need you. I added the gasp. I added the gasp. Um, we have discussed how important our state will be in this election and, and that the time for them to make their voices heard is especially critical this year. We've also talked about why my husband and I have donated not only to the Biden-Harris campaign, but to our local Senate races several times, but also to uh, several Senate races that are not in our state to get uh, to help get rid of horrible senators. I'm looking at you, Mitch and Lindsay. I've also explained to them how important it is that we keep Gary Peters, Democrat, in the Senate and that his seat may be in peril. Okay, long run up to tell you that today my parents called to let me know that they have registered to vote last week online using the link I sent them and they have requested their absentee ballots. My dad also said that he has been talking with a Trump-supporting friend of his in Nevada about why Trump must not win this election and all the damage that he has done in his first term. He said he isn't sure if he can change his friend's mind, but he feels like he has to try. Mm. I'm so happy that they have taken the plunge and will be casting their very first ballots for Joe Biden. That's so rad. Whoa. That's so rad. First time voters. That's so cool. In their 70s. That's so great. Little virgin voters. I know. All right. (laughs) Next up from Sarah. No pronouns given. I submitted a piece of good news a few weeks ago to describe the natural body care business I started in Vermont. Oh, yes, yes. Since it was read on air, I've gained 42 more Instagram followers and have had purchases from all over the country. Oh, shit. I am beyond grateful for the boost from the Beans community, especially UAG. It seems you have created a community of engaged, kind, smart people, and it gives me hope for the future. Gratitude and respect to all of you Beansies. Side note, I have been a massive She-Ra fanatic since the 80s. 
80s. I've indoctrinated my whole family. Mm. Amy reacting to my good news was amazing, and my daughters went ee when I played it for them. My 11-year-old is obsessed with She-Ra and, uh, and Katra's relationship and loves the LGBTQ plus representation so much. It feels like blasphemy uh, to my child self, but the new She-Ra is superior to the 80s version. Ooh. <laughs> Keep up your excellence. Way yeah. to be amazing, AG. Hope you feel the appreciation you deserve for this work. Amy, do you want to say hi to this... 11-year-old daughter, Sarah's daughter. Oh, hi. Oh, that's so cool, Sarah. Wait, let me see. Did she write her daughter's name on here? Uh, No, she didn't. But I just want to say that I am so thankful to you for teaching and indoctrinating your daughters and family about Shira. And I'm especially so grateful uh, to have been a part of the show because of the LGBTQ plus representation. And I am the OG Shira slash Katra ship fan so i'm so glad that i have some backup from your family in that regard and i just couldn't be more thrilled Mm -mm. so thank you thank you all righty okay so we have from my pronounced my uh her pronouns are she her hi girls i've been listening to you since december when my family and i traveled to south america and we're stuck in panama for six hours i had downloaded your show and let me tell you all those hours of flying and i went super smooth my good news since we moved to florida six years ago from another state and after 25 plus years of always working for somebody else i decided to form my own little tiny company extremely proud to tell you that being a woman latina immigrant with a heavy accent over 50 years old and dealing constantly with men in the construction trade i made it pretty well up till this year the pandemic put a stop to my business and some of my subcontractors contracted the virus <laughs> i have been home since february not able to work or mostly not wanting to work outside so i decided to start sewing again and have already donated about 500 beautiful masks to our local first responders to hospitals post office workers women's care centers etc my husband's job didn't suffer from the pandemic, so this is why this is my way of giving back. Also signed on to be a poll worker. Yeah. 2020 made me realize how yeah, how privileged I was. Love listening to all of you and keep going girls. We are four in this house voting blue and one stubborn in the process of being converted. And we get pictures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we'll include those pictures in I the newsletter it. for patrons, so definitely Sign up for that. I think we have some available yes. free sponsorships, some free memberships. Uh, we have had so many donated from our kind patrons um, who, you know, if you're a patron, wow. you want to buy a membership for somebody in need or a frontline worker, somebody deserving, a veteran, um, a healthcare worker, something like that. Uh, you just go to dailybeanspod.com, scroll down to the main screen, and you can donate a, a year-long premium membership uh, for 36 bucks. It's so rad. And we I think we have some extras. So if you want one of those, you can sign up in that exact same spot to to get one. Uh, and you'll get a free you get a free one year membership so cool. as donated from one of our awesome people. So uh, one of our patrons. Um you can become a patron at patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. Finally, one more piece of good news here from Mackenzie, pronouns she and her. Hello, Daily Beans listeners. It's your humble editor and engineer Mackenzie. Ah, <laughs> I have some good news. Hey, girl. <laughs> yes, Mackenzie is our, uh, she works at um, Starburns, right? It's a good show. And she she does our editing and engineering. 
and and uh, she's amazing, I have to say. Mac, I'm so glad to hear from you. Mac says, I have some good news. I've discovered that in many states, you're allowed to deliver other people's ballots to the polls for them because of all the Postal Service fuckery Ooh. and it being unsafe for many people to go to the polls in person. I suggest we young, healthy folks help at-risk high individuals vote. According to the National Conference of State Legislatures website, some states, some states say the voter must return the ballot. Ten states allow a family member to return a ballot for a voter. And 26 states allow the voter to designate someone to return their ballot for them. 13 states are silent on the issue. Many rules have been challenged leading up to 2020, so check your local laws. If it's allowed where you live and you feel safe, let's deliver some ballots. That's awesome. And we're going to put the link to that in the show notes today and in the newsletter that goes out. It'll be in both places. Thank you, Mac, for sending that. And thank you for being one of the most amazing, uh, you know, uh, engineers and editors. We have to support women in this industry. So thank you. Yes. She's amazing. Absolutely. And I I didn't know about that. So that's really, that's not only good news, but it's new news to me. So thank you for that. Yeah. And so if you live in a state, check your local laws and you're allowed to have some people designate your ballots. Go around your neighborhood. Find if there's people who are high risk and they can't deliver their ballots uh, or, you know, to the to the registrar's office or wherever they're deliverable to a drop off box, et cetera. Uh, and see see what it takes to get designated and, and do that. That's something you can do to volunteer um, for, for people in need. That's such a great idea. Thank you, Mac. And thank you, everyone. And thank you, Amy. Thank you for having me on. Um, I love all this good news and I needed it. Because I've been stuck in a room for seven days. <laughs> well, I'm so happy to have you. I'm so glad you're part of this. And, and I love talking to you uh, every Friday. And then, of course, everybody, we've got our happy hour today at 4 p.m. Technical issues aside, we'll be there. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's going to be the wrap up for the week. Right. So until then. Um, yeah. Till Monday morning or Sunday night for patrons, because patrons get these ad free and early. <clears throat> Uh, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each <laughs> other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.